Nun Gimel. We're starting from the bottom of Nun Beis on the Beis. And we're going to be analyzing at the bottom line, not follow fun up. So the Mishnah, Mishnah discussed that what happens if we have an ox which falls into a pit because it got startled by somebody else's digging. So it says that the owner of the pit is liable, but it's only if it fell uh, forwards. But if it, fell, if, it, if it falls backwards, then the owner of the pit is exempt. So what's the shot? What's the difference if an animal is falling forwards or backwards? What exactly is going on here? So the Gemara says, Amar Mamish. Forward means that it literally falls, meaning falling on its face. When we say backwards, it means literally that it falls onto its back. But both cases, it's falling into the pit. That's the simple try in the Mishnah, is that it's falling into the pit. Just the difference is, is it falling face forward? Then you're liable. If it's falling back, then backwards is first, so then you're not liable. And what's basically the idea? The idea basically the Mishnah is presenting is that when it falls face forward, so then it can suffocate. It can die because of the foul air, so then the owner of the pit is liable. But if it's falling backwards, so then its, its head is up, its nose is, is able to breathe. So then it can only be dying because of the impact that it has with the wall, which is really the wall of the world. So then the Mishnah, the Mishnah would be teaching that the owner of the pit is Pata. And the Gemara explains, Rav Rav's understanding is Lishita. So we've seen this. This pit that the Torah holds you liable for, you're liable because of the bad air, which you bring about. You make that air, so to speak, through your digging. But you're not high because of the impact of the fall. Because the big chilik is the impact of the fall isn't really your doing. The walls are there. That's not your that's not your creation by digging the pit. Masha Ink in the bad air, we can view that that is your creation. You've made that foul air. So now when it's a situation where it falls backwards, we see that it's only the impact that kills the animal. So you're not going to be liable. Whereas if it falls forwards, where we can see that it was the bad air that killed it, it suffocates, so then you would be liable. That's Rod's understanding. Whereas Shmuel, remember, Shmuel holds that you're chayav even for the chavata. Shmuel holds you're liable even if it falls back, even if it falls backwards, because according to Shmuel, even the impact you're liable for. So Shmuel, Amar, if it fell into the pit itself, whether it falls forward to its face or backwards on its back, either way, you should have to pay. Shmuel, Shmuel, that the Torah holds you're liable not only for the bad air, but certainly because of the impact. So then what is the Mishnah saying? According to Shmuel, if the animal would fall backwards directly on its back, you would be liable. So what's, what does the Mishnah mean? What is the case of the Mishnah where your potter, if the animal falls backwards because of the digging? What's the case? <coughs> it explains the Gemara. It stumbles in the pit. So what happens was, basically, the pit itself becomes a stumbling block as it slips into the pit, but then it ends up flipping out of the pit and makes contact with the ground outside the pit. And therefore, everyone's going to agree, even Shmuel would agree that you're potter. The reason why Shmuel would agree, the, the reason why Shmuel would agree you're potter is because it, it's, um, is because you're not, you're not falling into the pit itself. You're only falling outside the pit. Even according to Shmuel, it's only when the actual walls of the pit ended up doing the damage. Whereas here, that it fell outside of the pit, that even Shmuel is going to agree that you're potter. So basically, the explanation of Rav is that it falls backwards into the pit, you're potter, because you're not high for the impact. According to the Shmuel, if it would fall backwards into the pit, you'd be liable. The case for your potter is that it fell, it slipped in the pit, but then it fell outside the pit, and then you're potter, because that, that wall, that those that didn't end up doing the, the hezek, the hezek ended up coming from the ground that is the world. Says the Gemara, it's Rav. It says in the price of a bar, if it falls into the pit, in front of the Akhrav, whether it falls forwards or backwards, Chayav, the to the Rav, is pretty explicitly against Rav. It says that even if it falls backwards, if it falls into the pit, you're liable. Remember, there's two types of pits. There's a pit that I own, that I dig in my own backyard, but I let the public walk through. <laughs> and then there's a pit that I dig in the street. 
where I don't own, but I duck. So Rav's whole point that you're not high if it falls backwards, because then it's the impact. That's all where it's in the street. Because there, the whole idea is that I don't own the walls of the pit. So the impact that kills it is not my doing. It's only the air that I'm liable for. But if it's a pit that I dig in my backyard and I let the public be there, then Rav would agree that you are liable. Because the owner's animal can save me one shock. Whatever you choose, you should be liable for. If you're concerned that it died because of the bad air, it's considered your bad air because you dug. Even if you say it came because of the impact, it's still your impact. Why? Because you own the ground in your own backyard. So therefore, Rav, when he was saying his whole thing that it's only the Havel and not the Chavata, Rav's talking about a pit in the street. The Rav is talking about a, a pit which is in one's backyard. If it's a pit which is in one, one's backyard, Rav would agree that even if it falls backwards into the pit, you're going to be liable. Rav, Amar, second shot. This is like, you know, it's a flip. <laughs> Mid-fall, some sort of, um, almost like, a, it, 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 it sounds a little wacky that an ox would be able to do this. But this is the case. It falls first, face face first. But before it actually struck the pit, it does like a flip and uh, falls to the ground onto its back. So therefore you are liable even if it struck the ground on its back. Why? Because the bad air started to affect it when it fell, when its face was down, and then it affected it even when it turned over. In other words, it breathed some of the bad air in the pit as it began to fall face down. So the eventual death, even though it ends up lying on its back, it kills it. So I just want to clarify something. This is interesting. Um, I think I think we actually had a dog here yesterday who may have been suggesting that the idea in the Gemara is that when it lands face first, so then it suffocates because um, the wall is right up, right up against its, where its lungs are. It, it, it really emerges in the Gemara. It's more about with the air that it breathes than the position that it falls. That's Mamash Nafmino. Here where it's falling face first, but then it does the flip and ends up falling on its back. But the Gemara is making the art. So it's not pressed, it's not like suffocated in that way where, you know, its nose and, and die, you know, the, the lungs are stuck to the bottom of the pit. It's actually falling the opposite way. But since it first was face first, it's breathing that bad air. It seems like it's much more about the foul air that's on the bottom of the pit that it first takes in. So if it falls face first and then does a flip right by, by, by the bottom, then you're actually going to still be liable because of the air. Here we're dealing with the case not, you completely, according to Rav Yosef, it's like totally out of it. You completely misunderstood the rights of Rav Yosef. says, we're not talking about damage that happens to the ox. We're talking about damage that the ox does to the pit. <laughs> we're not talking about someone paying for the ox. We're talking about the owner of the ox paying for the pit. Well, my Neil, what's the case? What damage did the ox do? She was just made up. It messes up the waters. There were good, clean water in there. And there was a dirty ox that falls in and messes it up with the dirt. So we're saying that the owner of the ox has to pay for the water. It doesn't make a difference if it fell in frontwards or backwards. Machayv is always going to be liable. So that's pretty, I mean, if that's what the Bryce was talking about, yeah. And obviously, there's it's no bearing on our discussion. Our discussion is the owner of the pit pays for an animal who falls in backwards. That has no, no, no bearing on, 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 on this discussion in the Bryce. So the Bryce was talking about the, the owner of the ox that uh, you're paying for. Okay, very good. Says the Gemara, now we bring a bride, which actually brings some support of Rav. Here it talks about a person who uncovers the pit, and the ox of the donkey falls. So, since it says, so it implies he's not liable unless it falls in in the normal way of falling, which is what? Which is head first. What's the shot? Because Rashi says that's normally what happens. Most of the, what's the, take? Most of the cases where animals will slip and fall in, it's going to go. Uh, head, for, head first. So we assume that's what the Pasuk is talking about. Mikan armor from here, they said, if it falls forwards because of the sounds of the digging that it, that it encounters, Chayev, the owner of the pit is liable. If it falls backwards because it got startled from the sound of the digging, Potter, he is exempt. Both cases where it fell into the pit. So this Brian saw is actually pretty clear. Uh, like Rav, 
that where it falls backwards into the pit itself, you are potter. And here it even seems to be darshing it off in the pasuk vinafal. Uh, that is not the normal way it falls. Again, Rob seemed to say that the main point is because you're only liable for the bad air. You're not liable for the for the impact that it has with the ground. All right. So now the Gemara gets into a whole sugya here. We've touched upon a little bit the concepts, but this is really the sugya in its main makam. The sugya that we're going to learn is, let's try to get this clear, is that the animal fell in here. It's intelligent oxen. Intelligent oxen don't usually just stumble into pits. And if it did, so then um, usually you wouldn't be high for an intelligent ox we learned yesterday. Well, what, what kind of business does intelligent ox have stumbling into a pit? It should protect itself. Normally only liable for animals falling into a pit when they're not intelligent. Uh, you know, either it was, it was a minor ox, a deranged ox, or something like that. Maybe it was at night, you'd be high if we learned yesterday. But an intelligent ox that usually falls in, typically, you're going to be potter. Unless, what's the case of the Mishnah here? The case of the Mishnah here is that it got startled. It got startled from the sound of the digging, which therefore caused it to fall in. Now, just to clarify, the owner of the, pers- the, owner of the pit and the person who is making the sound are not the, the same person. So that means, and this is what the whole slick is going to be about, is that the owner of the pit has to pay, the Mishnah is saying, when the, when the ox, even though it's intelligent, falls into its, its, its bed, but even though the catalyst for it falling was someone else making a noise which startled it and pushed it in, basically. So the Gemara doesn't understand that. You're saying if the animal falls forward from the sound, <coughs> the digging, the owner of the pit is liable. Why don't we say that it was the digging, the sound of the person digging that caused the animal to fall in? It startles the animal. And that makes it fall. So what the Gemara is therefore asking is, the, who, who caused the Nezek? The owner of the pit? No, an intelligent ox presumably went to fall in it. Who caused the Nezek is a person who essentially is pushing, he didn't actually, but he startles the ox, so he's essentially pushing the ox into the pit. So what's the shot that the owner of the pit has to pay? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Hamani, who are we talking about? Now, just to clarify, we don't think that the person who startled it should, should, should pay either. Why? Because he's a grumma benizak, and he didn't actually cause it. He just is causative, right? He's a trigger. And you only cause damage, but you don't do that damage, then you're potter. So over here, if one person if one person is making the sound which causes him to fall in, certainly we're not asking that the one who made the sound should be liable. But what we are asking is that should exempt the liability from the pit because we shouldn't see that the pit did it. So Shiva Rashi says, Amani Rabnasim, we're going like Rabnasim. We see that the owner of the pit does the damage, meaning if the if, if an animal is found dead in his pit, the ultimate responsibility, says Reb Nasson, is on the owner of the pit. Even if we see the, the circumstance by which it fell in is through something else, but still we say that the owner of the pit is liable because it fell into his pit. To the extent that if you can't recover, <coughs> you can't recover the damages from the person who, 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 who caused it to fall, then you could recover all the money for the damages from the owner of the pit. So there's basically two ideas here which are converging. Number one is that we kind of see it was in the pit, you're going to be liable. We don't really care how it fell to the extent that even if you can't go after the person who caused it to fall, like in our case, where it's the person who caused it to fall is just a grandma, you could collect all the damages from the owner of the pit. So it's going to be a long process until we get to how we know Reb Nelson holds that way. But then if, that, if there is such a Tana, that would beautifully explain our Mishnah. And our Mishnah then, yeah, it's true, someone else caused it to fall in. But at the end of the day, it fell into your pit, so you have ultimate responsibilities on you. And since we, the, the Nizah cannot, cannot go after the one who dug because he's just a grandma, so instead he can collect full damages from the owner of the pit. Now, where do we get this whole Reb Nelson from? So, be patient. At the bottom of the Amid, we'll finally get how it all emerges. The Tanya says in the Bryce of Shoshua, Ruvain's ox pushes Shimon's ox into Levi's pit. 
Okay? So Ruvain's ox pushes Shimon's ox into Levi's pit. Who's Chayav? Is it Ruvain's ox that pushed it in? Or is it Levi because he's got the pit? So we say Balashar Chayav. The first time the Tanakhama says that the Ruvain's ox that pushes is liable, Balabar Potter, the owner of the pit, is Potter. So this Tano disagrees with Ramnazan, right? He holds that the liability is all upon the person who's causing the damage by pushing the fall. And again, this is where it pushed in, it's a direct act of damage. But uh, according to this town, in our mission's case, where the digger was only a causative, so both of them would be potter. The digger would be potter because he was a grammar, the owner of the pit, because the other person made the damage. So basically, this is more the intuitive approach that you, with the one who made the damage, we see that he's the liable party, not the owner of the pit. The owner of the ox that pushes pays half, and the owner of the pit pays the other half. He's saying that Ruven's ox and the pit basically are joining forces to commit the damage, and therefore they share the, the liability. And again, even if it's an intelligent ox, and, uh, and it wouldn't have happened unless Ruven's, Ruven's ox pushed Shimon's ox into it, at the end of the day we say that there was a negligence on both parts by Levi by leaving his pit open and on Ruven for letting his ox push in, and therefore we pay half. So, so far we've developed that according to Rabnason, the owner of the pit is responsible even though another animal made it fall in. Now, now we're going to get to, that's point A. But point B is that when you can't, when the Nizza cannot go after Ruvain for whatever reason, now Levi has to pay full. Vatanya, because it says in a brother Brisa, says, the owner of the pit pays three quarters of the damage, the owner of the ox only pays a quarter. So what's the shot? Before we said half, half, now why is it three quarters, one quarter? So Lokashri must be, the second price is dealing with when the ox is a tom, the first price is dealing with the muad, meaning when it's a tom, the owner only pays one quarter and the owner of the pit pays three quarters. When it's a muad, then it's half, half. What's the vart? The vart must be, as we're going to develop, we're going to get there, is that when it's a tom, the owner of the, of the, uh, the Ruvain's owner, Ruvain, Ruvain's, Ruvain's ox of the dam. So Ruvain, in that case, basically is going to have a taina. He's going to say, even if I, I had fully done it myself, I would only pay half. So now that I did it together with a pit, I should only pay half of what I normally paid. So therefore, I go from a half to a quarter. And now the owner of the pit has to make up that other amount. And that's the information that we want. So now the Gemara, though, has to analyze it. So with Tom, I go suffer. What's the lumdas here? On what basis does he say that three quarters goes on the pit owner, pit's owner by the, by the Tom? The Gemara is going to present two ways to look at it. You, when, how does it look at it? How do you look at it when Ruvain's ox pushed into Levi's pit? Is it shot they both did the entire damage? Or is it shot they each did half? So if you say that they each did the entire damage, the owner of the ox should pay half, and the owner of the pit should pay half, because the Gemara thinks at the end of the day, they should be viewed independently. If it's viewed like they each fully did the damage, just they each fully did it, so you don't collect twice. So then the Maisa, Ruven should have to pay half, just like if he would do damage himself, he would pay half. So what's the shot? He only pays a quarter just because he did it together with the pit. No, he did the whole damage. Each one, if we look at it individually, like they did the whole thing. Because our problem is But if you're going to tell me no, that it's like Ruven's ox and Levi each did half of the damage. So then, so very good. The owner of the pit should pay his half, because he did half the damage. Balashar Revia, the owner of the damaging house, should pay one quarter. He did half the damage, and Natan pays half, so he pays a quarter. Vidak Revia Masi. But the, that means the Nizik should lose the other quarter. Meaning, why is the Balabar's amount go, uh, jump up to three quarters? Just because he, he, he just because the, the other ox is a time. At the end of the day, he only did half the amp damage. So the Gemara explains. Amar Dina. He gets the depth of the depth of the depth over here, right? He gets a very long, big lump. Really, both of them are doing the whole thing. So what's the pshad? If they're each doing the whole thing, that Reuben only has to pay a quarter. Reuben can tell Levi, if I have to pay for a full half, what did my partnership accomplish for me? Meaning my ox is a tom. So I would have paid half even if it had done the damage all by itself. Now that I did all the damage together with you, I'm still paying 
paying the full half, I have to get some cool on how much I paid with the fact that you were also involved. So even if I did the whole thing and you did the whole thing, now the Gemara looks at it with Alumdas, even if I'm doing half and you're doing half, but together we, all, we both did half individually. So therefore, I should have some kula on my punishment from the fact that you were involved. So therefore, I go down to a quarter. But we still understand why Levy's playing three quarters because Levy individually, still we still view he did the whole has it. Whereas now, and this is finally the part that the Gemara that we really want. Really, that each of them are doing half. This question that you had, they're each doing half, so then very good, the Ruvain's only paying a quarter. But why? Why is it that, Shim, that Levi has to pay three quarters? He should just pay his half, and the other quarter goes lost. No, what happens is, is that the owner of the damaged ox, Shimon, tells Levi, I found my ox dead in your pit. I have the right to claim you made a killing on it. And therefore, even though really bad, Sam, you only did half. Whatever I could get from the owner of the ox that pushed it, I'll collect from him. Whatever I'm not able to recover from Ruvain, I have a right to demand from you. Basically, this big Yisoyed from Rav Nassim is that since it was found in the pit, so if it's found in the pit, then when you say Yisoyed, the damage, yes, the damage happened in a partnership between Levi and Reuven. But since it was found in the pit of Levi, whatever I cannot recover from Reuven, I have a right to recover from you, Levi. And therefore, that therefore explains if the ox was a tom. So therefore, Reuven, since his ox only did half, is only going to pay a quarter since it's a tom. So then the, that missing quarter, I have the right to take out from Levi. So now, finally, we can go back to our Mishnah and understand our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was in a case where someone was digging, caused the ox to fall into the pit. The Mishnah said the owner of the pit has to pay every red cent. What's the shot? Wasn't it really coming from the person who, who made the sound? So first of all, yeah, the Tanakama, if you hold the Tanakama, you're right. Both would be Pater. The one who dug is Pater because he's a Krama. The owner of the pit is totally Pater because someone else caused it to fall in. But if you hold it, Rav Nelson, it's not like that. Rav Nelson holds, no, the owner of the pit was also liable because Lamaise, he left the hazard. He damaged together with the one who made the sound. In this case, the, the Nizik can't recover anything from the one who made the sound because he was a grandma. So after Ravnason, since Lamaisa was found in the pit, so therefore what cannot be recovered in losses from the one who, who, who made the sound of the digging could all be recovered from the Balabar for leaving his answer. That's the shot in our Mishnah. Very, very hard idea from Ravnason. Says the Gemara, my Rava, similar idea. Let's say someone puts a stone at the mouth of the pit. In other words, one person dug a pit and someone else puts a stone right by the mouth of the pit. An ox comes stumbles over the stone and falls into the pit. So here too, what's going to be the law? It's going to be the same exact machogos. According to the Rabbanon, the one who put the stone there, he's the one that would cause it. So to, he's the one who's liable for the full amount of the damages. Right? And there here, he's a balabar. He's, a, he's not, it's not just a grama. Right? According to Rabbanon, each party is going to pay half. Of course, that's obvious. No. Maybe over there, you know why, you know why the... The, the, the Rabbanon said that the, the owner of the damaging ox has the liability because the Balabar tells the Balashar that if it wasn't for, if not for my pit, your ox would have killed the damaging ox with the force of its blow. Meaning to say, maybe the Pshat in the Rabbanon is when Ruvain's ox pushes Shimon's ox into the pit, without the pit, without the pit, Shimon's ox still would have gotten damaged, right? He's like pushing him. So who knows where he would have fell? He wouldn't have fell into a pit. He would have gotten hurt in a different way. The point is Ruvain's ox pushed him there. That's why there's liability to Reuven. I've often argued, the guy who put the stone on the top of the pit, he could tell the owner of the pit, if not for your pit, if you trip over a small rock, 
Nothing happens. Okay, maybe you get a little bruise. Nothing happens. It's only because of your pit that any damage occurred. He would have tripped and fallen and stood up right up again. So the owner of the stone has no liability because by himself, just putting a stone there would have done nothing. Kamash one, Rabba says, no, it's not that way. The owner of the stone is liable, according to Rabban Adamale. The owner of the pit says, not for your stone, presumably an intelligent ox went to fall into the pit. So therefore, it is a joint responsibility and they're both going to pay together. All right, right on the bottom here of Nun Gimel says the Gemara, Itmar, top of the Amid Beige, Sharp, Sharp, Let's say two oxen do damage together. So normally they would split the damage. But here, here's the key. One of the oxen is Sharp, Sule, what sharp sulem mikdashim? And the Gemara maybe in parentheses that we read it. Sharp hard to It's a shar, the blemish firstborn ox which you cannot redeem. So meaning the point is that it's kachim it becomes possible. You can't bring it as a carbon, but at the same time the kedusha is trapped. It's not redeemed. It's just meant to be eaten as is, and that is the law by a blemished carbon bachar. So there's a very interesting halacha that when a carbon bachar, when a carbon does damage, so the it doesn't pay, right? They don't pay, and even though. It's not going to be brought on the bit. It's not going to be brought on this beach itself. It's in the property of the coin to slaughter and eat it. But you don't pay. We learn that this is idea is only sharve ehu, a regular ox, but an ox that is a carbon. There's no liability if it damages. So now let's understand. You have one, two oxen that are damaging together, right? Ruvain's ox, regular ox, and now Shimon's ox, which is a sharp silimikdashim that are goring Levi's ox together. Okay. Now here's the point. Who we cannot collect from 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 the sharp silimikdashim. So now how much? Could I collect from the first ox? So we're going to have a dispute. He pays half damages, and the Nizik is going to lose the other half because the half of it was done the sharp zoom touch, and you can't collect from him. So the half that you could collect, you collect from the other ox, but the, from the, but the half that the, the portion that was done by the sharp zoom touch, you just lose. Actually, only one quarter of the damages gets paid, and the, dam- and the Nizik loses three quarters. So what's the shot? Says the Gemara, both cases are talking about where the first animal was a tom. So it's a Ruvain's ox is a tom, and it's goring together with a sharp seal and Levi's ox. So ordinarily, you only pay half of your damages. You only pay half of your damages. So in a case where I gore together with someone else, so the, I really should only pay a quarter. And the other thing, everything else goes to loss. Right? That's the Rabbana's opinion. Because the Rabbana's opinion is that when, two, when there's damage together, you don't just say that the part that I can't collect from the other, from the other party for whatever reason now... The, the other party has to bear responsibility. So according to Rabbanon, if, there, if, if it was a Tom, so had, had it been a regular one together, would have joined together to pay half. Okay, I, that means I would pay a quarter. So now that the other one is sharp, I don't assume more responsibility. As Rav Nason, is ruling that you pay half damages is like Rav Nason. Rav Nason, according to him, when you can't collect from one party who does in partnership with another, you collect from the other partners. So, so do here. We look at it like the team. The short one, the, the regular ox and the sharp Zilmikdashim together do the damages. There are times that they should pay half. If you can't collect from sharp Zilmikdashim, then you collect the full half damages from the other ox. Both of them could be like the Rabbanon. This one, Ravina, that you pay a quarter is talking about a Tom. That you pay half damages is a muad because if there are muads, then to be together would have paid full damages. Um, now that I have a partner, I only pay half. Says the Gemara, Yikad Amri Abaya Marchatzin Ezekavai says you pay half. Ravina Amar Kulein Ezek, you pay everything. So obviously we're talking about a muad then, right? Obviously we're talking about a muad. How about muad? How about Abaya that says you pay half is going like the Rabbanon because since I had a partner, I should only pay half. And you don't say when you can't collect from my partner, you collect from me. Ha'akravnasan Ravina says you pay full. It's like Ravnasan that. <coughs> Whenever two partners do it together, you can't, then he has the right to say, if you can't collect from one, you collect from the other partner. 
He buys him a or you can say both rulings are going like Rav Nasan. Ravina that says you pay full damages when it's a muad. So then you say you really the, the, the entity of the partnership should pay full damages, and you can't collect from one; you collect from the other. Habatam Abaya's ruling is that you pay half damages, referring to a tam where the entire liability would have only been half to begin with. So, so let's just make a summary of this of this idea here. Whenever par- there's a partnership in damages, if there's a re- whatever reason one partner cannot can, is not paying, does the other partner have to pay? So this is a machlokas Reb Nassim and the Rabbanon. Reb Nassim says yes. Uh, Reb Nassim say no. Where is this relevant? So we saw a few cases. Most mo- one case is where one ox pushes another ox into someone else's pit, right? So now if the, the if for whatever reason the nizza cannot collect fully, of uh, the nizza cannot co- collect fully from the owner of the ox. Let's say a situation where it's a tam or whatever. Does the owner of the pit have to step up and pay more? Um, and then there's, or like in our Mishnah, where one, one person caused it, he was digging, he made a sound, which caused the ox to fall in, you can't collect from him, do you collect from the owner of the pit? And then we have cases where oxen damage together, and one ox you can't collect from because he was P'sulim Mikdashim, so then does the other ox have to bear that, that, that part that the, the, the sharp P'sulim Mikdashim is not paying? All right, now the Gemara has an interesting case. Let's say there are three parties that make damage. Let's say an ox and a person together push a person or an animal into a pit. So here, let's just like illustrate, right? Reuven's ox and Shimon with his own force are pushing Levi's, Levi's uh, ox into, into Yehuda's pit. Okay, so you get three people, uh, three parties together who are liable. So then he's talking regarding damages that happen to Levi's animal or person, they're all going to be liable. Why? Because they all did it together. In other words, let's say it was a person that was pushed into the pit and injured. So they all have to share in, in the Nezek. Remember, you don't pay for a person who dies in a pit, but when you're injured in a pit, you pay for it. So, <coughs> Rava is <coughs> following Rav Nassan. We don't say that the one who pushed it is exclusively liable. The liability is upon the Ba'abar as well. So, if, let's say it was a Mu'ad. So, if the ox was a Mu'ad, so the person, the ox that pushed, and the bar all have to pay a third of the damage. Linyan Arba Devarim, remember there's extra payments that a person pays when he damages. Nezek, Tzari, Shavas, and Boshas. So for those extra payments, or the value of a Vlad. Let's say it was a woman who miscarried and she fell in. So remember, those are only paid by a person who does damage. So Adam, Chayv, only the person who pushed it is liable. The ox that pushed in the pit are exempt. I hear, why doesn't he claim I have a partner? Because that's the Pshar, we're going like Ram Nassan. So when a partnership does something and you can only go after one of the partners, then he's going to have to pay the whole thing. Let's say it was the death of a free person, where, where if an ox does it, you pay kofar. <clears throat> but remember, kofar is only paid when an animal does it. When a person pushes, kills somebody, you don't pay kofar. Instead, you have kofar ramine. Or the payment of social shkalim for the death of a slave. In that case, Sharchayev, the ox that pushed in is liable, Adam of Arpater. But the person who helped pushed in and the pit are exempt because Kofer and Shloshim are only paid when an ox does damage. The Indian Kalim, let's say what happened was that there were Kalim that got damaged. They pushed a Kli in and it got damaged with Sharp Sulem Mikdashim. Or if it was an ox that was Sulem Mikdashim that was pushed in. So Adam Vishar Chayav and Bar Pater, the person in the ox are liable. The pit is Pater. The pit is Pater because Sharp Sulem Mikdashim that falls into a pit, you don't have to pay for it. We're going to elaborate on that. You only pay for a regular animal falls into a pit, but not an animal that's, that belongs to the, that, that has Kedusha in it. Kalim as well, we learn that a bar is potter if Kalim got damaged. So therefore the bars, there's no responsibility in these cases. But the Adam and the Shar who push him in, they're going to split the damages. My time, and now the Gemara wants to know what's the, where's the source if a sharp Sulemikoshim falls into a pit that the owner of the pit does not pay. What's the Pshat? Amar Krav, the Hamesi, about the animal that falls into a pit. 
So it says the Baal of our pays, and it says, and the carcass will be his. So what is that coming to tell you? We're dealing with a case about that, that the owner of the pit is able to take the carcass to his own property. This would exclude in the case where the ox that fell in was a carbon. He will not be able to use it as he pleases. Remember, there are very specific laws to a carbon that became nifsal. Yes, you can't bring on this back, but it has a lot of kedusha. So this is not a carcass that you can do whatever you want with. So if the Torah adds the extra words and a carcass will be his to do whatever he pleases, it comes and shows us that we're not talking about sharp sale and Sharp sale and falls into a pit. The owner of the pit does not pay. Says the Gemara, it sounds like Rava knows that to be true. That if Sulem is killed in a pit, the owner does not pay. I mean, by, by the Rava, isn't this actually something Rava was undecided about? The by Rava, Rava inquired. Sharp, if an ox, falls into the pit, what is the law? And Rav explained he wasn't sure about the Joshua. You can't use for whatever you want. Our case, maybe the words are coming to say something else. A Joshua that we had previously in Baba Kama, that's the owner of the damaged ox that has to deal um, with the carcass. And, and, and the, point, the, the, the point that we're saying is that the owner has to come take the carcass and sell it, and he only is entitled to get the difference between the animal's worth while it was alive and the carcass's value at the time of the death. Meaning, let's say it depreciates after the time of the death because you didn't sell the carcass until it decayed. You're not able to charge more. But I may see a low. The idea is that the owner comes, he, um, the, 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 the owner does not have to pay, the mazik the, the, the does not have to pay more uh, for any depreciation that occurs to the carcass afterwards. So that where do we learn that from ACLO? So how do you know that the Torah is coming to tell you that is a sharp sale mitashim is part of the words of ACLO? Maybe it's just coming to tell you that it's the, the owner, the, that it's the nizik who has to deal with the carcass. <clears throat> so it sounds like Rubble was undecided about the halachas. How come over here he knows for sure? Says, the Rav is by Apostle. People change their minds. After Rubble inquired, then he resolved it. He came out for sure that the Bamisiello is coming to Pater. A sharp sale mitashim. Says the more So now that we're saying for sure is coming to say that a sharp falls in your potter. So how do we know the rule that if the, that is the owner of the the, the the owner of the damaged ox has to deal with the carcass? Says the more That's not the only case where it says It doesn't only say it by a pit. It also speaks about it by an ox. The Torah says when a mud ox gores, shalom shalom sharam So there too as well. Pasuk says that the nizak has to deal with the ox carcass. So the pasuk by bar is superfluous. The bar Oh, I'm sorry. So therefore, I'm sorry. So now, by bar, we could ex- explain to refer to sharp that falls into the pit. Your potter says the gemara. So what comes out? It says in two places by shar and bar. You said the one by shar tells you the concept that the carcass has to be dealt with by the nizak. That frees up by bar to tell you that sharp is potter. How do you know? Who told you that by Shar? Tells you that the, the Nizik deals with the carcass. And therefore, Vamesiolo is freed up by Bar to tell you that if Sharp Silmikdashim falls in, your potter, why don't we flip it around? Meaning, expound the Pasuk by Bar to say that the Nizik has to deal with the carcass. And by Shar, tell me that if a Muad ox scores a Sharp Silmikdashim, you're potter. But if a, a, a Sharp Silmikdashim falls into a pit, maybe you're a 
So in other words, what happens in general if damages a car to sharp psilim mikdash? Are you for potter? It seems we're arbitrarily saying by bar the owner of the bar doesn't pay if there was a psilim mikdash that fell into the pit. But if a muad asks another sharp psilim mikdash, you do have to pay. Why are we saying that? All because amesia low by bar we dashin like that. Well, I maybe he's coming for the carcass. No, we say we know the carcass is aside from shar. I'm flipping around. Maybe maybe amesia low by bar is telling me top of the nevela. Amesia low by shar is telling you that uh, that if an ox core sharp psilim mikdash you don't pay. Says the whole We find a kula by bar. Bar, you don't anyways pay for utensils. We know that. So there's a kula already on the table by bar. So we assume that if there's going to be a kula by one of the two, that you don't pay for psilim we assume it's bar. Says the Gemara, When an ox gores, there's more kula. Why? Because you only pay half damages when it's a tam. Bar, you always pay full damages. So we see bar is more chamer. So if we have to apply one of the two to the kula, we should apply it to Shar. Says the We never pay that your potter, you never find your, that you're entirely exempt by Shar. Okay, maybe there are times you only pay half, but you always pay something. by bar, there are cases where you don't pay at all. When Kalim are broken, you don't pay a red cent. So therefore, we see ultimately that bar is more kuladik. So therefore, if we have to apply to one of the two that Epsulim you don't pay for, we, we apply it to bar. So in conclusion, there's a big yesoid. If an ox, which is a carbon that's disqualified, falls into a pit, the owner of the pit does not pay. This is Darshan from Amesi Yalo. This Allah is unique to bar, but if sharp Epsulim of one ox scores another ox, then you would, in fact, pay money.